As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. You're listening to the Wild 7 Podcast Network. Listen different. Thank you for holding. This is Melanie. How may I help you? Uh, hi, Melanie. Um, I wanted to get something that I saw in this month's issue of Caucasian Vacation. Well, I'll be glad to be of assistance, sir. Although, you, you know, it could be a little faster if you do it online. Yeah, well, I guess I'm kind of an old-fashioned donut kind of guy. I don't like the computer much. If it's all right with you, I'd rather deal with somebody who's human. Yes, I understand. The internet can be so cold. We just hardly ever use the phone lines anymore is all, and I'm sorry about the Muzak. Well, that was all right. Satie sounds good in any form. (laughs) Well, sir, you said you saw something in this month's issue of Caucasian Vacation? Yes, do you happen to have a copy of it in front of you? As a matter of fact, I do. You're so helpful, Melanie. (laughs) Well, it's on page 39. Page 39, let me see. It's the picture of the happy family and the smiling dog in front of the camper. Oh, yes, isn't that adorable? So, you'd like the camper? Nope. I want the happy family and the smiling dog. (laughs) Oh, sir. The camper is for sale. Not the American dream they sold you.
In the words of Alex Rogers. Episode 16. Open your third eye. Oh, goodness gracious, you surprised me there. You scared me. Don't you people knock? I always like that as a uh, disgruntled uh, way when people just barge in. Don't, don't, don't you knock? Ever heard of knocking? And also, equally, I like when someone leaves and they don't shut the door. Someone says, What, were you born in a barn? Yes, maybe I was. And, and, and what if I was? Are you going to judge me? I was born in a barn. With all of my friends. With the horsey. And the cow, and the sheep, and the chickens, too. Welcome aboard, ladies and gentlemen. This is Alex Rogers, recording and reporting from a timeless zone in which your listening is the now. Believe it or not, it is the now. Well, how y'all doing this time? I hope if you weren't feeling good, you're feeling better, and I hope if you're already feeling good, you stay that way, and I hope if you then feel bad, you find your way back, and I hope if you're feeling bad and you don't want to go through the bother of forcing positivity upon the moment, uh, that you go through the bad with grace. I am completely ignorant to what's happening, I must admit, my friends. Now, what do I mean by that? Well... I am unaware of world events, of news stories, local and afar. My head is in the sand. Not just my head. I think I've put my shoulders, my torso, even my buttocks and my legums. Everything is now submerged. I am a subterranean creature chilling underneath the sand because you know what? There are far better treasures to find than the dissonance that is cast far and abroad. Well, I understand that it's important to be aware of what's happening. And man, you're going to have everyone, especially like people who are your peers who don't really live... They, like, they live a pretty normal life and they're never really in danger of ever going through like oppressed living, i.e. privileged white people who might look like you and I. And they will say, well, you, you have to be aware of what's happening. You just have to. You have to be aware. If you're not aware, then, then you're part of the problem. Or whatever a little silly excuse. When I'm aware of it, I'm aware of it. But I got to tell you, I'm all about presentation. You know, there are great stories and there are bad stories. And if you're going to tell them to me respectfully or even... I don't know, focus on what else is out there besides the daily dose of pain and mayhem, um, then, you know, I might listen a little more. But sorry, I guess I am a human being with sensitive functions that become overwhelmed over time when it's a constant deluge of today reprehensible events happened in which innocent people suffered, The guilty will get away with it, thanks to money and power, and I, the despondent, neutral, reporting voice, must continue to sound normal, as chaos rears its evident face, and I can't say anything, because I've already been bought and sold before I knew it. 
Here's Tom with the weather. Uh, and by the way, I have to give credit where credit's due. That little additive, I mean, many a comedian has, 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 you know, thrown the weather bit at the end there, but I know for a fact that I picked up Here's Tom with the weather from the legendary Bill Hicks. Definitely one of the voices that first uh, put the shock on my mind as a younger man, how you could potentially cause everyone to, uh, to use another quote by, I think, George Bernard Shaw, which is, open their mouths with laughter and then shove the truth in. And some of you might be saying, well, you haven't even opened my mouth yet with laughter, Alex, and I can tell you, and if you do, you will not be shoving the truth, let alone anything else in there, thank ya. But am I not incorrect? In other words, am I right when I say that uh, the media really kind of loves to see us freak out? It, it, it's very passive-aggressive. The whole thing is like, um, here's a little cherry bomb, and I'm just gonna kind of let you figure it out. <laughs> and then we fight amongst each other about everything. And it's just, it's, it, it's, it's all out of my control. And yours. Truly, even you who right now, and, I, and if you're yelling at, at, you know, whatever listening device you're hearing me right now, if you're yelling at me right now, Excellent. Please do that more often, because that way we can start to have a dialogue. Um, I say half facetiously, uh, but then again, I've always been half serious. But no, what I mean is if you are finding yourself getting mad at me because I'm choosing not to stay moment to moment with current events, and you think you are, I just want to ask you in return... How happy are you? Um, which is so funny. The cynic in my mind just figured that probably that voice would then come back with, It's not about being happy. It's about being informed. It's like, well, there you go. I don't appreciate bad entertainment. And that's what the news is to me these days. And as a U.S. American who's entitled to his First Amendment rights, that's what I'm going to say right here and assert. Or think of it in the other way. Let's say we have no control over the media. Wouldn't you like to kind of uh, therefore absorb it with a little more of a comedic twist? To me, you're letting them win if you just sit there scowling, 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 and suffering under the flickering uh, lights of the TV or the uh, computer screen or on the telephone with them little television screens on them. It, it's it's a constant barrage of attack towards you, and do you really want to be sitting there just frustrated the whole time while they get away with it? I, you know, to be honest, I, I remember as a child looking up whenever my parents were watching the news, especially my father, who just devoted himself to not just the news, but this is the financial report, the Wall Street report. Tonight, we report that... 
A few of us got richer, and the rest of you have to try harder with no fruits to show for it. And uh, just uh, and continual, you know, you know what it is. It hasn't changed. I'm talking about the 1990s. Here we are in the 2020s. And even before that and after this, it won't change. It's a, a design that is uh, set up to infuriate the viewer. Um, this is what it is. I remember... <laughs> okay. Tell me if you haven't seen this very image that I also saw growing up. One or both of your parents sitting there with a, like, sipping their coffee in the morning and just, just mad dogging the paper that they're holding. And, and hearing, and as they're just kind of flipping through the pages, which, which is just the most unhappy sound of a page turn. It's not a joyous sound of a book page turning that has a bit of ooh a bit of a bit of fairy dust a bit of uh chronicle of hopeful adventure no the turning of a page of a newspaper has a kind of like okay uh, what's the next part it's jilted stilted and so there <laughs> you see that person that parent that authority figure that person who's just deciding as they look at the paper that this world has gone to shit but I still am going to sip my coffee and kind of slurp it too so it's got that like <sighs> god damn this world is going to hell <laughs> there, you know even in the movie American Beauty Chris Cooper's character he does the same thing I remember when I watched it I was like ah that's my dad that's many dads Sometimes it's people's moms. If it's not your parents, it's your neighbors. It's even your peers. Um, hell, even my younger listeners, you might be noticing that some of your friends, whether they're in their teens or 20s, they might be already going like uh, having that old man weight, which even old men, I would hope not have to feel, which is just this like, it's all shit. But I got to keep paying attention to it, because if I don't, then I guess I'm ignorant. Well, folks, I'm not professing to be any better off not knowing what's happening in the news. And it is true. There's some shit that I probably should know. In fact, it might even be evident as I talk away here that there's, there's some shit that I don't know about. In fact, as you're listening, which, as I do established at the start of every show it's a relative timeless moment so you might be listening to this years from now but I don't know what's happening and and I'm making a concerted effort right now to not really know except what is happening I, I here's what I can do I you want me to report the news because I've used my own eyes and I have my own ears and I've been observing um the world around me and as we all know the world around us is a microcosm of the greater world in which we all share and reside and so my news report is today many people read and watched the news and they are no better off than they were before they learned this sure they're more aware now but they've also been put through an emotional tasking experience that does not have as of yet a proper 
counter media recourse other than binging on some mindless other abusive visual entertainment to balance the horrors of the world. Well, I think you're getting a little esoteric. And I think for, you know, a, a family program, there should be some more variety. <laughs> I don't know what I'm talking about there. This is, do not, if if you consider my show a family program, you need family counseling. But yeah, what do I know about the world right now? Nothing. Last I heard, last I heard, oh yeah, okay. Well, Prince Philip has passed. And then prior to that, I had heard that the world is suddenly realizing the royal family might have some racist tendencies and everyone's going, what? Not my royal family. I bought into every Anglophile angle. Everything from the red telephone box that doesn't exist except for my wannabe nostalgic thoughts to all my favorite BBC shows. What do you mean the royal family could be racist? I just don't get it. How could a culture that dominated three quarters of the earth took over the resources of long-established cultures and peoples, enforced their language of English upon them, and did away slowly with identity of others, and therefore power and voice of others, be racist. How does that work? I just don't get it. I better keep watching the news. Maybe I'll find out one day. I may be oversimplifying this, but that's what I do, and please don't look to me for an actual news source. I'm just another madman on the hill right here. I'm my own herald. I'm my own harbinger of silly words. And I'm just saying, you want proper news, just, just you know, look out the window. Look at the folks and the people you, that you meet, um, if you're still into that. And I know we're still in a COVID reality, so sometimes it's hard to understand what everyone's doing as they're masked and anonymous and walking to and fro as you come and go and say, whoa, 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 go slow, slow, slow. I want to know who you all. All right, you almost got through that. That last pit did not fully rhyme. You kind of fudged it there, but... <laughs> Who doesn't fudge without a budge? I just think that it's kind of a nice thing to do for ourselves when we recognize when am I being told information and when am I being given little embers and cherry bombs and fuses to cause an inferno in my soul for no good reason. I believe we can all do a version of that. Well, it's a lovely uh, day outside as I record this, and uh, I'm not sure if you're hearing some of the environing sounds, but uh, I chuckled earlier. There were these two guys playing catch outside with a football, and I heard one of them say, Oh, I love the sound it makes when it hits my hand. 
to thine own self be true. You know, uh, I've heard some hilarious things out on the street here. The most bizarre thing I ever heard a neighbor say, not to say, they yelled it, and it was a strange thing to yell, but it's also so appropriate in an L.A. yoga co-opted wannabe spiritual guru culture to say the following. Open your third eye! And I can't fully disagree or dispute the sentiment behind those words. So you never know what you're going to pick up in the neighborhood around you. Let's see, I've also been doing more readings of the original Conan stories by Robert E. Howard. And uh, they're a lot of fun. Boy, the world of Conan is dangerous. It is brutal. And, uh, and you know what? It really is sword and sorcery. Uh, some people might think... It's sword and sandal, you know, very, no, no magic, just dudes with swords and power and rah and brutality and force. Um, but no, it's all that plus monsters and uh, a lot of horror elements. It's not even so much as like a Lord of the Rings feeling as truly like um, fighting evil in, in bestial demon form as it comes at you for your flesh like scary shit and there's some uncomfortable yeah racist moments <laughs> ignorant let's say i'm gonna call this racially ignorant whoa y'all hearing that crying outside hold on okay never mind that was hearing this baby outside just, just you know, pontificating its monologue. Again, you can hear all kinds of things in the neighborhood if you just listen up. But yeah, so here's the deal. And I was talking about this in the last episode. We will discover things and enjoy things, uh, often things of antiquity. And there are very ugly sides to the past to even our most treasured genres of storytelling that have just kind of, oops, unavoidable psychologies attached to the writers who were, let's face it, just of their time. 1930s guys, we're, we're in the middle of a, a nationwide depression. We're in the middle of... Uh, what else happened in the 30s? Oh, yeah. Complete criminal illegalization of marijuana. That started then. And uh, attached to that, by the way, an enormously anti-people of color uh, narrative attached to the illegalization of marijuana. And there was a recurring myth certainly in a lot of these stories, that basically anything not white is uh, archaic and savage and uh, uh, brutal beyond reasoning and almost at an epileptic, frothing madness of violence against your more reasoned, more chiseled white purity. I know, it, it's unavoidable. Dude, this... <laughs> 
this one last story I, I recently read in the Conan collection I have was very much talking like like uh, appraising this white female character as being a completely uh you know j- just mistreated and uh badly handled by these evil uh, m- soulless darker people uh, basically again anything shy of white in this one story at least uh no not in this one story in a couple of them Hey, folks, look, two things. Robert E. Howard, he died at 30. This is a man writing in his 20s in racist America 1930s. Who knows? I don't even know the extent of his political leanings and all of that. I'm just saying a lot of people back in the day had great ideas, created cool characters, amazing worlds. And you know what they also couldn't do? Get away from the bullshit that messed up their writing see you notice i'm not i'm not taking this away if i were just telling you all i'm reading conan and it's great even this collection i have which is from the this was put together it was edited together in the early 2000s and i'm looking at the beginning to see if there's even a little just so you folks know some of the sentiments here might come off a little um uh inappropriate Sorry, I I paused again because I can't figure out what I'm hearing outside, and I don't know if you're hearing it. Now it sounds like ferocious squealing of tires, or the squealing of a child, or a pig, or all of them together. Road pig, baby! No more parental discretion! Um, so... This is, um, it, it just, it comes part and parcel with so many things that came out before people knew any better. Look, I'm not defending because I recognize that this shit is wrong. I also want to live in a world where we can rescue the essence of things without throwing everything out because, you know, a lot of this is just dumb. He was dumb for including parts where even Conan himself is saying, well, yes, I mean, if it's a white woman, well, let's get truly valiant. But anyone else, meh. <laughs> you know, it, it's... It, this is the sign of, a, of a, a clueless time. And when we see that, we have to basically understand it for what it is. And also, maybe we can make better versions of things. We have to make our own Conan heroes. And you know what our own Conan heroes don't (laughs) mess around with? Considering Conan is indeed a traveler of the world. And once you truly are a traveler of the world, I don't know... What's what's the damn... What's the damn quote by... uh, By uh, Samuel Clemens. You know who I'm talking about. Uh, Mark Twain. I don't want to pause the flow of this show, but I believe he has some quote which is akin to uh, traveling the world is the worst thing for racism. <laughs> Something like that. And, you know, the more cultures you meet and the more times you are the stranger in a strange land, uh, you start to appreciate things more. And anyway, all that is to say I think we're trying to do our best these days, we who understand uh, 
the inappropriate and indeed damaging narratives. The thing about also racist narratives in otherwise stories that are supposed to just be beautiful escapism into fantasy is that it hurts everyone. If the white reader believes, oh yeah, I guess I guess white people are more important, then they're fucked in that thinking. And I feel terrible for any reader of color who wants to get into Conan. And then they read that and they go, well, fuck, man. So it's just dumb. Don't, don't, uh, go after, I think another thing, I think Chris Rock now, see, boy, I'm quoting everyone. And not only am I quoting everyone, I'm probably misquoting everyone because I don't have them down pat. But I just remember that I think Chris Rock even said, like, you go after what people do, not who they are in terms of like what they can't avoid, basically meaning how you're born and how you appear. Well, I feel like there's a lot more to that, but I also feel like it's going to take further thought on my part and maybe another episode to get into it. But in the mean in between, I just want to thank you all for giving me a chance up to this point and listening to me. We're on episode 16 now. And we're going to keep on keeping on here. This is new. This is a new turf for me. I'm in a brand new zone that um, I've always thought about. I there, There's a part of me that knew I wanted to lend my voice to some sort of... I didn't know that there would be podcasts later in the world, later in life. But as a boy, I thought maybe radio or some kind of speech, some kind of storytelling even and I'm not aware no actually let me I'm aware that I need to do more but I don't I don't experientially understand just yet how to go from a hobbyist to a professional but my professionalism in this is starting with you guys as you Give me your time and your rhyme, as I like to say. And I feel like this is something that I want to do more and more and that it's kind of a God-Goddess-Goodness calling for me to follow through. And I realize this can sound real masturbatory and silly for me to be talking to you guys basically here saying, I think I have a talent and I think you guys can recognize it too. Now, um, it's time for me to do something special with it. I mean, yeah, that's kind of what I'm saying. But, you know, a friend of mine told me that God, and if you don't believe in God, perhaps just, you know, the elements, the powers, the, the that which is, or as I even like to call it, the great mystery that we all romance in. But yes, that God will talk to you through the strangers and friends that cross your path each day. And I've told you all before that I often at my workplace, at this grocery store, I'm often a what's called a line helmsman who is there kind of basically being as charming as I can be, a social policeman where I instruct people to, during this COVID environment, uh, go to various lines and then wait and line up here and do that and do this and try not to be an asshole as I'm doing it. And on several occasions, strangers, customers, people who don't know me and I, and nor I them, have been very kind in saying to me, a stranger, 
very sweet and encouraging and empowering things about how they appreciate the sound of my voice as I talk. And my God, what an amazing, beautiful thing to be told. And I do want to do something with this where perhaps a lifestyle that actually supports my living can come from this voice. All of this is to say, you all are hearing me as we're still in this momentum realm. I'm gathering my rocket ship. I'm scrapping the pieces together and we're finding the fuel in its many different forms. Because as we know, energy is neither created nor destroyed. So I'm here in between creation and destruction and wiggling and grooving my way to the next zone. Thank you for your time. Thank you for your rhyme. In the Words of Alex Rogers is a podcast orbiting the mothership of Wild 7 Studios. Music by Inca Rose. Keep your ears open for storyscapes, simpin' after dark, and other audio goodies from Wild 7. And keep your eyes open for its first feature-length film, Debbie and the Devil.